Hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And joining us, our co-host, the one and only Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Always good to be here, and especially and, today. Yeah, by here we mean Mocha Moment out here in uh, Janesville, Wisconsin. And we're out in the patio, a little bit chilly, but not you too know, bad. Better it, than what it's been. <laughs> but, you know, so if you hear some birds going, it's not Kevin and me. Uh, yeah, we're, we're chirping there. about other stuff, but... Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, it's uh, definitely a good day. Now, it is a little cold, and I'm eating ice cream here. Yeah, so, I know. It's tis the season. <laughs> and I really think Mocha Moba should be our sponsor. Well, uh, you know, we, we, we'll have to do some talking. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of talking. <laughs> so, anyway, we are here. Now, uh, again, we're interrupting our our series on the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. as we've done the past two weeks. Right. And we're talking about books. And uh, last week we talked about... Uh, J. Warner Wallace's new book about uh, passing the faith along to the next generation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this week, we're talking about the book Competing Spectacles uh, by Tony Renke. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might recognize Tony Renke from some of his other books he's written, um, which are in the back of this book. That I'm forgetting the exact title. Uh, I know 10 Ways Your Phone Has Changed Your Life or something like that. I know you wrote a book. Uh, yeah, twelve ways. 12 ways your phone. Phone so not just ten. You. you get a bonus two. Yeah, right, book. right, right. <laughs> uh, twelve ways your phone is changing your life, and then he wrote a book, uh, biography on John Newton, um, part of a series from Crossway, I believe. Yeah. And so we want to be upfront about this and say that these, uh, this book, we were sent the book for free, right? Uh, from the author, from from our good friend Tony, um, who's never heard of me before in his life. But you know, if he sends me a book, he's my friend. <laughs> So, uh, kind of like our, our friend Dave Swanson. Yeah, well, Dave Swanson, books, I know Dave well, but yeah, he brings brings us a lot of books and a lot of recommendations mm. for books. Uh, yeah, he, Which we Dave, should have him on the podcast. We will point. have to do that soon. But Tony Rinke uh, sent this to us, and this is kind of part of... The book just came out last week on May 1st, yeah. and so we were helping to promote that book, and we wouldn't do that if we didn't think it was a good book. Right. Um... But it, we still have to be honest, it's, it's a free book we were sent, and we were for the purpose of doing that. Basically, if you send me a book, we'll talk about it. Right. You know, when, I, when I first saw the title, I was thinking that it's called Competing Spectacles. I didn't read the subtitle, and I, so at first I was thinking, well, okay, this is another book about worldviews, mm. about how we have all these different competing views out there. And reality, this is, is a worldview book. But it's more specific than a huge overview. It's talking specifically about the media age in mm. which we live. And, you know, I mean, I grew up uh, with television, and uh, it's just sort of exploded since then. And I think he, he really does a good job of critiquing that mm. and showing us that, uh, in a very real sense, uh, the Christian message or at least the cross is a spectacle. Right. The the spectacle, the the one and only spectacle that really makes yeah. any uh, eternal difference in people's lives. And let's define a spectacle. On page 14, defines it as uh, a moment of time of varying length in which collective art, which uh, excuse me, which collective gaze is fixed on some specific image, event, or moment. A spectacle is something that captures human attention. An instant when our eyes and brains focus and fixate on something projected at us. And that could be in just about any area of life. 
I mean, for instance, um, 9-11 was a mm. spectacle. I mean, it people's eyes were glued. People yep. remember what they were doing that day at that exact time and um, how it affected and changed their lives. Mm. Um, you know, the uh, some other spectacles over the years have been like when man first walked on the moon. Uh, any, you know, JFK's assassination, anything that got massive media coverage has turned into a spectacle that we sort of mark decades with at least, yeah. if not more, you know, than that. I mean, things that are, have been life-changing in the medium in which they were presented. Today, just about everything's a spectacle. Right, and that's kind of, he focuses that on the book. <clears throat> But even going back to even Greek and Roman Colosseum mm -hmm. fights and whatnot, right. I mean, you were there for that, mm -hmm. and uh, so you might remember some of those. Somehow I survived the lions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the spectacles are everywhere, a part of every age, but I think this modern age, we are inundated with them. And even in my pocket right now, my cell phone, and this is probably the longest I've gone without the cell phone, being out, <laughs> and I'm sure it'll come out at some point during this podcast. Yeah, it could. Um, but there, I've got spectacles coming. In fact, he mentions our attention span of these little nine-second mm -hmm. uh, moments. Yeah, yeah. Where we're just looking, we're kind of like in between spectacles, and we're looking to fill the gap. And it's interesting because I, I read this book before I read the Wallace book, mm. but the Wallace book brings up that time eight or nine second time frame yeah. too, how our culture is so inundated with short bites that if we don't have it fast and immediate and now, we pass over it real quick. Right. And that, that becomes a problem, especially in the church, when we have people who just want sound bites from the Bible. Mm. And when, you, when all you get is sound bites from the Bible, that will mar your theology and and your worldview in such a way that it's hard to distinguish right. the, uh, people who believe that kind of stuff from other people. Yeah, and it's just hard to keep your attention on anything. Right. In fact, he says this on pages 18 and 19. Attention is the skill of withdrawing from everything to focus on some things. And it is the opposite of the dizziness of scatterbrained spectacle seeker who cannot attend to anything. Thus, attention determines how we perceive the world around us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, it's almost like a currency. If you're able to put down your phone for some period of time and give your attention to something else, mm -hmm. um, that shows the, the, the value and worth of whatever that spectacle is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, I... And I find myself, and you know, before last... Christmas, all I had was a little flip phone, and I hardly ever used it because I just didn't want a cell phone. Yeah. I, and now that I have one, I can't imagine living life without it. But you become it, one it, of us. It could become an idol, right? In and of itself, if we spend all our time on it, to the neglect of the people that are sitting right, right. next to us. I try to remember to turn it off during meal times and. Yeah. And whatnot, so we can actually have conversation right. going on, and as a family or as as friends, and uh, you know. But I mean, I'll even use it in church, right. for the Bible. <laughs> I don't carry you know 
Mark, uh, have you ever have you ever fact checked your pastor in the middle of a message? No, no. Oh, come on, it's John. You got to have John, fact checked. John's pretty good. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to show him up. <laughs> we're too good of friends for that. Of course, then again, we're such good friends. I might show him up just for the fun of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I admit sometimes, you know, I'll, my pastor will say, like, I gotta check that out. Or yeah. He yeah. references a book or something. Right. And I'm on it. But it's not just cell phones, but the news is. Oh, it's all sound bites. Um, sound bites, and, it, and it's all trying to get your attention. And it's, um, and it's the more sensational it is, the more right. likelihood it's gonna show early on. I mean, it's yeah. all selective. It's certainly skewed, uh, whichever leaning the. Uh, the the, the uh, network has hashtag fake news. Yep, and that's it. Just you know, they go they go with what they know will keep people watching. And, and keep people watching is a key thing because it's not just uh, politics and all that, but TV. Right. Um, TV itself. An interesting uh, on page fifty-seven, he says this. Um, what is the enemy of Netflix? What is the enemy of of all these things? It's sleep. Um, he says here, uh, at some point we must all close our screens and fall asleep, which makes sleep the enemy of the digital spectacle makers, and sleep was named the chief competitor by the CEO of video streaming giant Netflix. Entertainment giants win when they keep us binging shows late into the night, which is why digital uh, video giant Hulu teamed up with eyedrop maker Visine to create an ad about how the two work together to help us cram more video into our already eye-abusing addiction to screens all morning, day, and night. Yeah, that's nuts, isn't it? I, you uh, know, it's nuts, but, but I got to admit, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. There, there are times. There are right, times. Right there. I mean, even, even, you know, Hall, Hallmark's got three channels. Yeah. And, and I, they'll do, they'll start Murder, She Wrote, which I never watched when I was younger. Yeah. But I'm really into murder mysteries now. And so from 10 o'clock until like 2 or 3 in the morning, I can watch back-to-back-to-back episodes of an old TV show back in the 80s or whenever it was on. And that's, you know, I sleep, my sleep habits are different, not just because of that, but because of, you know, just the way it is for me right now. And so he goes through different spectacles, politics, terror. Um, isn't that, definitely... isn't that, and, and talk about aiming at the, you know, the horror, the, the worse the horror, the more people are going to watch. Yeah. yeah. And that's, if it that's, leads, it leads. that's really sad. You know, again, 9-11 was such a, a draw yeah. and we watched it and we watched it and how many times can you watch it and not become anesthetized right. to... The horror that it actually was. And so he talked about other things, such as even get, gets into pornography. If you're going to talk about all this stuff, certainly that's an issue to talk about. Oh, he, yeah. He has a re, some real interesting things about David and Bathsheba in here um, that you're going to have to check out. You should buy the book. Um, but talking about uh, the sexualized women can peddle anything. Cold beer, bubbly sodas, male deodorant, gym memberships, new cars, television shows, action movies, video games, whatever. The more visible uh, the skin, the more irresistible the spectacle. But these spectacles of female sexuality, potent as they are, rot a society's most precious institution. 
The, smut, the smutty pornographer, the risque ad man, and the naive woman each wield wattage of lust-awakening power with charge uh, fallout that none of them fully understands, grabbing eyes and attention, yes, while also hardening hearts, eroding marriages, objectifying the female body, and impending the private sanctuary of sexuality necessary for marriages in any culture to endure and survive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he nails it right there on the head. Yeah. Um, with that. And, they, they, you know, I mean, and Madison Avenue is one of the biggest culprits mm. of this whole spectacle idea because they're trying to get you to think you need to have something that you right. really probably don't, whether it's a $100,000 car coming off the lot or... You know the latest hamburger craze at McDonald's, or yeah. was was it uh, was it Hardee's or Burger King? Burger King came out with the uh, the unmeal or something like that. Oh, the uh, the Impossible Whopper or something like that. The, well, uh, there was that, but there was one for you know you got the happy uh, the unhappy meal. Oh, the unhappy yeah, that was uh, that's Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the unhappy meal. I'm like, good grief. And we're not going to read some of those titles uh, <laughs> of, of some of what they called them. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll sell anything. Yeah. And so the, the danger in all this is, um, he, he mentions two dangers here in uh, chapter 14. But these really aren't chapters. I forget how he explained that he did these. Yeah. Uh, he kind of divides the book up in a little different way. He says, first, in our attempts to reach the lost, we compete with the fragmented spectacles that drain life of its sober attention uh, and focus. Second, we lose the ability to disconnect from culture in order to flourish in communion with God. So first it affects our, our witness to the world because now we're just competing with all the different spectacles that are out there. And become a, a spectacle right. that's not pointing to these spectacles, yeah. to the cross, to Jesus. And then we ourselves lose the ability to focus and atten- uh, attention even just in, in, the, in the discipline of prayer, sitting down oh, yeah. without screens, without anything, without noise, and, and fo- quietly focusing your attention on on the Lord, who is not physically present in front of you, yeah. it becomes a very difficult thing to do. Well, it, it, you know, the term instant gratification has been a part <coughs> of the American culture as long as I've known it, as long as I've been alive, and probably before I came on the scene in the mid-50s. But uh, the thing is with that... It, Instant gratification often leads to ruin. Yeah. Where, you know, the the Bible is clear that we are to seek a long obedience with God, to wait on the Lord, to trust that the Lord's going to provide for us what we really need, not just what we think we need. Yeah. Uh, we, can, we can convince ourselves that we need anything and even make it sound spiritual like, well, right. you know, I need this new van so I can take other people to church, but you yeah. get the new van, and how many people do you take right. to church? I mean, you know, that uh, the thing is, we have to be guarding ourselves and each other. You know, the American church is so individualistic yeah. that it buys into the American culture. Right. If we were to band together and become more of the church that I read about in Scripture, working yeah. through the uh, the book of Acts right now, showing how the church, you know, they, they shared everything, they had everything in common, they, they 
held each other accountable for things, and they did some things that really emphasized community. You know, even, even the community talk in the world is a shallow community. Right. It's like, you know, if you don't agree with us, then you're not part of us. Well, and let's get back to... <laughs> We're going to rein you in a little bit here. No, 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 um, no, no, no. Because you, you hit on something early on when we first started talking about yeah. not all spectacles are bad. And, and I want to say, and Renke in this book isn't against technology. He's not saying no. get rid of your cell phone. He's not saying cancel the cable subscription or anything. But he is asking us to examine those things and how we use those things. Mm-hmm. But he also wants to point us to the ultimate spectacle, the ultimate thing. Um, that everything else should be pointing to, and that is the cross. Mm-hmm. And 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 so there at the cross, Christ provides us with the greatest spectacle, the greatest thing that should be grabbing our attention. Mm-hmm. The, the the unfolding of the drama of redemption should be fascinating enough to to hold our grip. Well, just to realize that uh, a loving God loved us so much that he came as a human being to this world in order to redeem the earth and to redeem his creation, uh, the apex of his creation, mankind. And the thing about that is it's just sort of really self-sacrifice. I mean, I just can't fathom if I'm in heaven, whatever that is, and I'm in the presence of the, the Heavenly Father and... You know the Holy Spirit and all these angels, and and all of a sudden I got this notion that I should leave that and come to Earth. I mean, right there the spectacle begins. Right. Why would he do that other than he loves us so much in order to do that, and then his whole life becomes a spectacle because he's doing things differently than the world. Right. You know, turn the other cheek, love your enemies, do good to those who persecute you, um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. All these things right. are spectacles in yeah. and of themselves because of who it is that's doing them. And, and he goes on to say that church itself should be a spectacle in that we are living countercultural yeah. lives in the pattern of Christ, right. as he did, as you were just saying. Mm-hmm. And so the church itself, that, that again, that, that drama of redemption, that uh, here my friends knew who I was, and now they see who I am because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and the change and how we are not just doing everything the same. So the church can be a spectacle. Unfortunately, Ray, you and I know the church could also be a spectacle in yeah. the wrong way. When you right. get the fog machines out. Yeah. And the uh, loud music and, mm-hmm. and, and whatever it takes to, uh, you know, the video projections. And, and not that all video projections are wrong, but, no, you know, when, when church becomes a drama, a skit, and not the proclaimed word of Christ, mm-hmm. we become the wrong spectacle. Right. Um, and, and giving up the greatest spectacle. Yeah. And unfortunately, many churches have gone down that path. And, yeah. you know, look, even some of the megachurches or their pastors have gone down yeah. that path. I mean, a couple of high-profile ones recently right. uh, succumbed to that. And, and he really hits that hard because he, he says, you know, the problem with that is you just don't think God is good enough. Mm-hmm. You don't think God is sufficient. Mm-hmm. So you have to add all these things. And, and in reality, what you're doing is you're telling people the wrong message. You're telling people that... This needs to be somehow augmented. The gospel needs to be added to mm-hmm. instead of the, the, the pure and unadulterated word of God being enough 
to to draw people for Jesus to, to draw people to Himself. Well, and you're also then telling God, yeah. you're not good enough. Right. You're not. You're not interesting enough yeah. for me to continue to to come after you. And but then there are some churches that, you know, that's the way they present it. That yeah. that you know, this is boring. You know, we we don't have the scriptures i mean i've heard of churches don't even read the bible well, i remember going time. to a, a church a church you and i both know of uh, so i won't mention the name online here but i went in and I, and I went to like a men's group with this church and uh some people have been asking me to go as i finally went this guy got up and he started off with reading scripture no problem mm-hmm. and he stopped and he said now nah, i want to apologize we don't normally read scripture here but could you just follow me with a little bit because and I'm just like, why, why, why would you apologize <laughs> for reading, for reading the Word of God? That's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> so, that is, that, yeah, that's taking it a bit much. <laughs> that's, I, I, I don't know. Well, and there's, there's much more to this book. And so I want to highly recommend the book. Did yeah, you, oh, yeah. You, I think you recommend the book as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. Um, and again, the whole idea is competing spectacles, realizing that it's not just one. It's not just, so there's, there's a whole bunch of different things vying for our attention. In the midst of that, we have to keep in mind um, a, a God-focused approach to all this. Because, again, we're not saying ditch the cell phone. We're not saying ditch the TV or whatever. But how are you using these? Is this drawing you closer to the Lord or away from the Lord? Yeah. And, 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 are, and, your, you family, just, and your family. And your family, And your yeah. friends and so your church. So are you pursuing your, worthless people, pursuits or worthwhile pursuits? People who need to know the Lord. <clears throat> you know, that's... Uh, but there, yeah, obviously there are some decent movies out there that can become evangelistic tools right and uh so again we're not saying poo-foo all of it though sometimes it wouldn't be a bad idea yeah well a lot of christian movies could just be well that's that's true too (laughs) but anyway um but yeah i would highly recommend people pick this up read through it It, it's a good discussion to have it's a necessary and i think that was one of the premises for writing the book this is something we need to talk about right and I think that that's uh, any book that is becoming a new book that is supposed to be, you know, it's a nonfiction book should answer the question, so why am I necessary? And I think right. he really does do a good job of uh, dealing with an issue that, yeah, we know it's there, but nobody seems to really have done a lot with yeah. it. And... Uh, you know, we just sort of become anesthetized to yeah. to this stuff and uh, let it become controlling to our lives. So again, the name of the book is Competing Spectacles by Tony Renke. And uh, by the way, Tony Renke, I, I think I, I failed to mention at the beginning, you might have heard him on his podcast, the Ask Pastor John podcast with John Piper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened to that quite a bit. It's a good uh, podcast. But uh, not as good as the Basic Bible podcast. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have Ray Jewell than John Piper any day. No, um, <laughs> But uh, now I know you're you're <laughs> off base. <laughs> but uh, the name of the book again, "Competing Spectacles" by Tony Ranke, and some of his other books are good. If you, if you like this topic, you want to get twelve ways your phone is changing you, and his other book. Um, uh, oh, I forgot about Lit. Um, Lit is book a, big, a book about reading. Oh, huh. And uh, I have it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I've had that highly recommended in, in his book on uh, John Piper. Shut John Piper. John Newton. 
Big difference from John Piper. Mm -hmm. uh, John Newton on The Christian Life is also, I've read parts of that, and that's good as well. So thanks, Tony, for giving us the book. Yes. I like free books, and if you want have a book that you want to give us, uh, we'll talk about it on the air. That's right. Uh, we don't guarantee a positive uh, <laughs> thing, though. Um, but I, 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 knowing Tony Ranky a little bit, I, I was pretty confident this would be a good book yeah, yeah. ahead of time. So anyway, uh, we're going to be back next week with another book. People keep sending me books, Ray. Yeah? And I'm, I'm good well, with you, that. You can't, you can't refuse them. I mean, that's... Your livelihood. So according so according to our schedule, we're going to be uh, I'm I'm going to be sitting down this week with R.C. Sproul Jr. and we're talking about his book, uh, growing up with R.C. about his dad and even about some of his struggles as he's uh, had uh, quite a few struggles himself. Uh, and talking about God's forgiveness and God's grace with that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. that. We'll air that next week as the book is coming out on May 14th, so you want to oh. look for that. And then after that, that we'll get back finally to the Ten, Ten Commandments. Commandments. And I think the next one is our, the Third Commandment uh, with Ray and I. Ray's back. Yeah, and I think that's really what, what the motivation is here. He just doesn't want to play that Third <laughs> Commandment because I'm the co- uh, or the guest on that one. <laughs> and uh, we are going to give a, a bonus episode out here pretty soon about uh, my time at the Doctrine and Devotions Conference. And so I had a chance to... Uh, Record a few interviews with guys like Joe Thorne and, and Jimmy Fowler and, and Barnabas Piper, um, son of John Piper. Oh, and okay. so uh, we'll talk with them and some guys from uh, some Bible colleges. So you won't want to miss that as well. But I'll be that it, it's going to be a really short episode. So I'll, I'll post that as a bonus and not our normal uh, full episode so okay. until next week uh, don't forget to check us out at www.basicbiblepodcast.org or on twitter and instagram at basic bible cast ray any concluding thoughts stay focused <laughs> all right good word and uh we'll see you again next week